What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. Welcome back, everyone, to the American Toffee Podcast. I'm James. I'm here with Alex. Midweek show. October 11th. International break in the midst. Uh, we got some pretty exciting international action going on today. Uh, we're going to talk about the France-Iceland game, talk a little bit about uh, the U21 England team, and then we have some exciting uh, behind-the-scenes action at, at Finch Farm, McCarthy, uh, Yerry Mina, Benny Beningami, and Andre Gomez making their returns uh, to a behind-closed-doors behind friendly. So, uh, But first, before we get to that, I wanted to talk about just kind of the progression of the show and where we're at. We kind of ramped up our efforts on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, reaching out to different Everton podcasts, people who follow the club, uh, specifically American, but all over the place really. And it's been really cool and encouraging uh, to kind of be a part of that online sphere in a way, I guess. I don't know how, how you feel about it, Alex. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun to interact with people. You know, I've been saying from the beginning, like, you know, we do this to interact with other blues. It's it's harder in, in the United States, especially if you're not in a major city, to connect with people that are also Everton fans. Um, and you, you know, it's, it's not. Yeah, and it's it's not the same as talking to like a Man U or Chelsea supporter because half <laughs> of them don't watch the matches or you know keep up with with what's going on at all. It, so you know. From my perspective, if you're an Everton fan, um, you're you're a real one, right? And you, yep. you know, you're, you're passionate because it takes it takes a lot of dedication to stick with the club, you know, year after year. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we've been working on like being more active on Twitter, and as as James said, like you know, talking to all of you more, um, you know, reaching out, trying to support other you know shows or you know. Um, different different YouTube channels like Toffee TV and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really happy. And, and hopefully, we can continue to do that because it makes my days at work uh, a lot better. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, it's been so cool to like, you know, as I've been listening to the Blue Room for a long time, and we got you know people from the blue room dave downing following us we've got all and, and everyone's been so supportive of it uh on twitter and everything so it just feels really cool and th- to the people listening especially thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us blabber about the blues uh, we appreciate it uh and that being said i guess to kick things off we had some international friendlies today uh first one i believe was turkey versus bosnia pretty uneventful uh chen came on at halftime it was a nil nil draw so not much to say about it but uh always encouraging to have players in their national team right i'm i'm i wish i wish you know well a i wish i could say that i caught the match uh b i wish that you know we could see some literal production you know from jank like even just against Bosnia, you know, like international breaks or um, periods with the national teams, whether that's during competitions or whatever else can be like catalysts for different players. And so now with Everton, for example, international breaks are, 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 I think across the board despised 
Yep. 100%. Specifically with the Republic of Ireland, but anyway, that's that's a different topic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. anxious immediately thinking about it. But you know, you would you would hope that um, Cenk would be able to, you know, find maybe maybe find some form with with some of the guys that he's used to playing with for for longer. I'm not sure actually if they play. I'm, I would assume they have a second match coming uh, next week. Yeah. So hopefully he can get at least another half and. And, you know, maybe gain some confidence and, and stuff like that. But, you know, on, on on the Everton front, like when he's been playing, his movements have been good and stuff. It's just, it's not, I just don't think he's he's figuring out the system yet. Yeah, it'll take, I guess it'll take time. Honestly, after the match, uh, last match against, uh, I'm blanking, Lester, obviously, uh, we he really it really showed like what Richarlison offers and what Tosin doesn't. Yep, with the movement and pace up front is really different than kind of the stagnant target man role that Tosin was playing. That doesn't necessarily mean, and I tweeted this out. Like, I still think we do need a target man to consistently play because I don't think we're going to be able to play on the break uh, at home as much. So matches like like that where we're possessing the ball we really do need someone to be able to hold the ball up and i don't think that's necessarily richarlison's strength and i believe you know tosin first couple matches he looked pretty good despite not scoring like holding the ball up doing those types of things moving pressing the back line but that's sort of fallen away now and he's he's just kind of in a rut despite having scored against fulham uh but yeah that i still hold out hope but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, moving on to the next game, uh, France versus Iceland. Uh, Luca Dean played the full 90 minutes. Zuma played the second half. Gilfi came on in the 80th minute, and it ended up with a 2-2 draw. Uh, right. It's very encouraging to have seen both Zuma and Dean getting called up and playing for the world champion, reigning world champion, uh, France, even coming from Everton, which just kind of shows... That, I mean, if we have two players that are in the world champion national team, we're doing something right as far as this project is concerned. Yeah, Lucas said over the last couple of days to the media, um, which is funny, again, kind of backtracking, but Everton during international breaks and speaking to the media, uh, Romelu Lukaku, for example, is not usually a good thing. But Lucas said to the media that, you know, moving to Everton was the biggest part in the fact that he's, he was able to get recalled to the French squad because keep in mind, he was playing in pretty much all the qualifiers. And then all of a sudden he found himself outside the French squad for the world world cup, which is awful. Um, but anyway, you know, he, he dedicated it to, to the fact that he's been playing with, you know, Everton. And, and so it's nice to see that players of such quality on a team like France, for example, can come to Everton, you know, quote unquote, revive their international careers. Not that, you know, his died, but, you know, French, the French just are stacked. And so it it sets a nice precedence. Like this will show some, you know, hopefully some more Barcelona rejects that, uh, you know, you can, you can come here and things will get better. Yeah, it's good that they view Everton as a platform to further their careers. Uh, even if it's not necessarily, even if they are looking elsewhere long-term, like I'm sure that most players that grow up in France don't dream of playing for Everton, obviously. They dream of playing for clubs like Barcelona, Real, 
but that being said with the with the trajectory that the club is on i think it's very positive that we can put those two players into a national squad with the quality that france has like you said they are absolutely stacked stack 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 uh and to, and it's weird because they did play with two i believe two center backs playing on the in the fullback role during the world cup kind of unconventional considering they did have they do have you know natural outside backs but uh you know it's it's obviously very positive for the club moving forward um and then Gilfie getting 20 minutes at the end just no he came really off in the 80th oh 80th yeah yeah my yeah. mistake and it's just every like you said every Everton fan has holds their breath for the international break praying that there's no horrific season ending injuries and knock on wood so far so good uh i guess moving on from the france iceland game we had the england u21s yes uh john joe kenny tom davies adamola lookman and dominic calvert lewin played and played quite well i must say right they beat the andorra or andorran u21 team seven to zero um lookman scored the first goal it was a really sweet uh, go on Twitter, check it out. I know there are a lot of retweets um, of the video. Davies had a pretty nifty no look pass to John Joe Kenny on the right hand side, who cuts it back for Lookman. Lookman then um, pushes it onto his left foot, which is his weaker foot, and finishes near post. It was a nicely taken goal. All in all, the game ended seven to zero. Uh, Calvert Lewin had two goals. Davies and and John Joe Kenny both had an assist. So I would say overall fantastic evening for the Blues and it's safe to say that you know those four those four guys are are playing um down a level when they're playing, you know, for the U21s even if it's against Andorra. Yeah, I mean I'd be surprised if the U21s couldn't beat England U21s couldn't beat the Andorran senior squad. Uh, just considering the discrepancy between the quality in both countries football-wise. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see that we have these prospects. And even though Lookman, uh, Tom Davies obviously has become a, a mainstay in our first team for the time being, but Lookman, Calvert-Lewin, John Joe Kenny, guys that are on the fringe and on the up and up looking to break through into the first team, they're viewed very highly within the, you know, the national ranks relative to their age. We it's, it's very easy to forget how young they, they all are. And they have a lot of development and a long ways to go. And I, I'm very happy to have them all at the club. Right. I just, I still not, still not convinced on the whole Lookman situation. Um, yeah. Attitude. I, I usually harp on attitude for, for professional athletes just because I guess that's the type of person I am, but we'll see. I, I would love for his long-term future to be at Everton. Um, but moving on, there was, there was a behind closed doors match and Marco Silva stated that he wanted to do this last time, but he didn't have enough fit players. So this time he held a behind closed doors match. I don't know. I don't know who it was against. Actually, I I would assume it it was, you know, maybe, um, younger players or or something like that. I saw it was, I saw it was senior players versus some of the youth players. Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of, kind of mixed in. So, right. So I understand it was a 60 minute match. Um, Mina Gomez and Benny, I think played the majority, if not all of it. And then James McCarthy got a good chunk of it, which is really exciting also because, um, you know, 
I think most of us forget that James McCarthy is still um, in existence. And, you know, he's he's a fantastic midfielder. You know, for, what, two years, I think, he was, like, the main cog of the Everton team. Like, he was undroppable. And then he started having, you know, injury problems and in the, in the likes. Right. I mean, when he was alongside Gareth Barry in that midfield, he was fantastic. Barry obviously did the the link up play and was a very smart player and a crucial player for us. But then McCarthy brought that energy kind of like Adrisa Gay does now with, with running all over the place. I, I think Adrisa Gay is a far superior player personally, but similar molds in that they're not great on the ball passing facilitating, but they will bring, they'll, you know, run themselves into the ground for the team. And I do think that there's a potentially a, a place in the side for him, uh, probably going to be really difficult for him to break into the first team especially coming back from what was by all accounts an absolutely horrific horrific injury but we've seen Seamus Coleman do it he's magic so I don't know if McCarthy can emulate that or fill his shoes right. uh, or you know do something similar but you're right I mean it was kind of he's kind of the forgotten man like I saw that he was to return to training and I was like where did that come from that kind of came out of nowhere uh, and it, it can only do you know positive things for the overall squad depth and competition for places that we all need to have. And then also Benny Beningami, who, when David Unsworth took over last season, kind of got his got a few games in, looked really positive, looked really strong on the ball, looked af- unafraid to bring the ball forward and take players on. Of course, still very young, but. I think going forward, he could be a very, very important player for us. I think so too. I mean, he's, he's what, like 19, maybe 20, I think pretty much the exact same ages as uh, Tom Davies and thinking about a midfield duo of them two and, you know, four or five years is, is pretty delightful. But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really hard for Benny to compete this season with James McCarthy coming back. Um, we have Gomez, you know, now also coming to fitness. And although he's on loan, you know, he's a different profile. Schneiderlin's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, so between six or seven central midfield players, it's going to be really hard to, you know, think that James McCarthy is not going to automatically be assumed to be higher on the totem pole than, than Benny will be. But, you know, I'm open to anything. It's, it's Marco Silva's, it's, it's Marco Silva's call. He also said, you know, talking about McCarthy about a week ago, saying that his main focus is getting James some, um, some uh, confidence, right? Like, because yeah, as, as we all know, like, you know, even for Seamus Coleman, if, if you break your leg or like a double leg break, you're not going to be mentally so ready to like dive into challenges again or, or challenge for those 50, 50 balls and that sort of thing. So that's, that's an important piece too, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm excited. It sounds like it's good news maybe for crystal palace coming up uh, in two weekends. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It'll be very interesting to see how the squad looks coming into that game. What do you, do you think Mina and Gomez can go right into the team or do you think that we should stick with the same side and see how that plays out and sort of ease them in? So I'm going to safely assume that it's going to be the exact same starting 11 as 
last weekend against Leicester City. And I say that because I, I rewatched, um, there was a five minute video highlighting Bernard that the Everton um, YouTube channel uh, released today. And watching it, you know, obviously he was trying to highlight Bernard, but it, it kept it, it kept it pretty zoomed out. And you saw how ridiculously fluid and like well positioned our front four were and how they yeah. moved the ball. Like I have not seen, I've literally never seen Everton move the ball in such a, a, a good, quick, um, creative manner. And, you know, when you go away to Leicester city, like, and, and you put in a performance like that, it's your spot to lose, not your spot, you know, to win back. So, right. In my opinion, it's going to be the same team. We'll see if I'm proved wrong. There's, you know, Zuma and Michael Keane have been playing well. There's no reason to rush Mina into it. it. You know, maybe if this was two or three weeks ago, we would have been thinking, yeah, like, you know, get him on the field, get him suited up. But I don't think so. Uh, Tom Davies also had a fantastic game. So I don't see Gomez coming in just because, you know, it's it's going to yeah. take it's going to take at least one poor performance from Tom Davies or one really, really good substitute from performance from Andre Gomez at the very least for him to, you know, succeed Tom in the, in the starting lineup for now. Yeah, I totally agree with that for the most part. I think, I think what a testament to Marco Silva early on is that he hasn't tried to completely, you know, restructure our whole team. He pretty much started with a very similar lineup to what we had last year coming into the season besides Richarlison on the wing and we saw how much better we looked with just him on the pitch. And then he kind of eased uh, Luca Dean in, and he's done the same with Bernard. I really like that approach because we have a lot of players coming in from different leagues that aren't used to playing in England. And to give them gradual experience coming on as a sub, getting a feel for things, getting the rhythm of the game down is very important because if you kind of if you stick Mina in and immediately and he has a poor game because he's not up to speed is that really his fault necessarily or some of the blame I think has to fall on the management you really want to like I said ease him in and so I agree I think that side will be unchanged when we go to uh, Crystal Palace after the break but then we have Manchester United right after that so it's almost a question of if not now then when because you don't really want to stick him in for a massive game against the top four, top six side and kind of set him up for failure in that way. But And then we're also out of the Carabao Cup, so you kind of lose those opportunities to give players a run out in what could be described as a relatively inconsequential game. Uh, not trying to revisit the Southampton penalty loss at all, but you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I think... I think we're approaching the point finally where you have a very strong squad, the strongest squad Everton's had in a, in a, in a long time. And you're looking at fitness for the most part for pretty much all the players. And so you're getting to the point where it's okay. You're going to start. And if you have a poor match, I'm sorry, but so-and-so has been training. Well, it's his turn now. And that's positive. That's negative. It depends on how, you know, your biases towards what player you're talking about. Um, you know, what your, what your definition of, of playing well or playing poorly is, but 
I think that's what we're approaching. And and speaking of playing well or playing poorly, so over the last week or so, we've been seeing plenty of rumors that Cenk Tosin and Umar Nias are going to leave in January. What do you think of the two? Nias, <clears throat> Nias I think, is gone. I won't be sad to see him go. He's obviously a bit of a cult hero for Everton fans. He was our light in the darkest, darkest days when he would come on and score a goal out of absolutely nothing, with bumbling, stumbling. Literally with his with butt. With his butt, with his knees, with his shoulder, like just the most unconventional goals in exactly the right moments and context. But that being said, he does not have the quality to play for Everton, in my opinion. He, I, I know, I uh, believe Galatasaray want him. And... As much as you know, the sentimental sentimental side of me wants to say, have him stay. I assume that we're looking at strikers to bring in in, in January, and therefore, you know, if someone comes in, someone has to go, and he hasn't really played much for us. I don't see why we would play him over Calvert Lewin in almost any context, unless you need to throw him up front and run around and cause havoc, which I guess sometimes you do need, but. I would rather give Calvert-Lewin that time and have him be able to develop his skills because he actually has potential, whereas Nias, I think, has probably peaked. And, I mean, I, I wish him the best if he goes, and I, but I do think he should go. As far as Tosin, I think it's kind of ridiculous to say that he's going to leave already unless we're lining up some big striker targets. Uh, it's just too soon. Yeah, he's on a, had a few bad games, but it's still so early. Right. I still think he has something to offer the team. Yeah, I mean, it's agreed. Nias can and probably will leave, um, and that's that's okay. Cenk Tosin is going to stay because as of right now, he's still first-choice striker, whether he's starting or not. He has the ability. Obviously, we saw, you know, out of his six or seven chances he got in an entire half of a season, he scored five goals. So there's a player there. It's just about adapting to the system. Um, he's a smart player. He's highly regarded for his work rate. So got to give him some time. Um, I think even if we don't get a striker in January, it'd be okay to let Nias go. Um, I'd be cool with that. But speaking yeah. of contracts, um, so I, I, I guess yeah. I had a, a bit of a controversial tweet the other day and yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> and I'm, I'm here to fight for it. But there are quite a few players for Everton that have contracts expiring at the end of the season in June, June 2019. Among them would be Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka. And my stance is strongly that they both should be getting an extension. I did not, however, specify how long. But that's true. I'd like to, I, I, Welcome your feedback. I just don't think that we're in a position where we should be signing th- players in their approaching their mid thirties to contract extensions of any kind. Baines, I can see the argument for Baines, even Jagielka. If they're willing to take a massive wage cut and they want to finish out their careers at Everton, I would admire that. But they're just they're they have nowhere to go but down like we're not going to see a sudden upturn in form 
with Phil Jagielka where he becomes who he was five years ago. It's just not going to happen. So from what we saw early on before his red card and then he couldn't get back in the team, pretty poor, pretty slow. His experience, he's club captain, which is worth something, but I do think that the club are kind of beyond trying to move on from that sentimentality in that where we might have given him a contract extension of two years before we had new new ownership. But at this point, why waste the wages when we can be going out and signing players who can actually contribute to the side? And that's kind of how I feel with Leighton Baines. I think he can be an adequate backup to Luca Dean for the time being. But again, nowhere to go but down. So where's the upside to investing in them further? Right. So I have a counterpoint to both players. We'll start with Baines. So our only other left back, really, though, our only other option is Anthony Robinson, which as United States fans, we would love to see him with a long-term future at Everton. But I've seen him play, saw him play in preseason. He's quick. He's a good attacking fullback, but defensively, he's not. He's not there. He's not. And so I would argue that give Baines one year and, you know, allow Anthony Robinson another either either another year on loan or let him stay in the team and fight for that second spot with Baines, which, you know, is cool. Like, do that and win the spot. For Jagielka, I also say one year. And I say that on a pure numbers perspective, right? We have Holgate. We have, um, we have Mina. We have Michael Keane. Zuma is on loan. Presumably can't buy him because they didn't give us a buyout clause. You can't play with four center backs. I mean, sorry, you can't start a season with three center backs. And furthermore, when you're talking about when you're talking about Mina and Michael Keane, right? Those are two huge buys. There's no way you can retain Michael Keane and Yuri Mina by saying we're going to bring in another top center back to fight for your place, right? That's just not going to be a thing. Like those two are pretty much touted to be the starting center backs. And so with that, I say give Jagielka another a one-year extension. And because those two are there, it's also good for the culture, right? Because you're bringing in so many new young players from different places. And I'm talking about culture and like club culture, not, not nationality right, culture. Right, right. It's important for the club culture because, you know, they're just, they're, they're the older generation in, in quotes. And I think that they help keep a lot of the, a lot of the younger guys straight and they demand respect and they're good for when, when times get a little trying and a little more difficult. And so it's, it's also positive for, for the transition. I understand, you know, the wasting wages thing, but we're already trimming the fat of the squad. I think we let go like 11 or 12 players this summer alone. And so at that rate, you know, can you spare, can you spare one year of wages for Baines and Jags for those, for those, you know, for those reasons, but you know, I'll let you, I'll let you think on that. I think, I think I still am fighting an uphill battle regardless whether it's against you or the rest of the fan base, and that's okay. I'm going to stick with it, and part of it's probably sentimental as well because I'm not ready to say goodbye, but it is what it is. You know what? If the careers of Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka are 
you know, defending them is the hill you want to die on, then I will support you 100% in that. I disagree with you completely, but I respect your decision. I'll take so, it. So, I mean, there you Just, go. I, I, would, I, would love, I would love if any of you here follow us on Twitter, tweet at us, and, and let us know what you think on that take. With those points, who do you side with, Alex or James? And, and we, would lo- we, would love to, we would love to figure it out. Either way, we really appreciate appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks so much. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Hopefully international break doesn't start dragging on too much, at least until next week when we're really feeding for another match. Otherwise, until next time, up the toffees. Up the toffees. Thanks so much for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. It is available on all major platforms. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. And follow us on Twitter as well, at USA Toffee Pod. Until next time, come on, you blues.